right. You're listening to the Stream Token Podcast, a show to help people make meaningful content and pursue their streaming passions. My name is Robert Maldonado. I'm an official Twitch content creator for the Army National Guard. I'm sitting down with other creators to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned, and how to help others. Here at the Stream Token Podcast, we learn, share, and grow together. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome. Uh, we made it episode 10, so super exciting. Uh, I did a, an interview with another podcast, the Why You Podcast, where he talked about why I podcast and how I got into it. So it was kind of interesting because it was the opposite of what I usually do, where I'm, I'm asking those questions about broadcasting. But that host, she had told me that most podcasts don't make it out of the double digits. So I'm excited to make it to episode 10. So hopefully in two weeks, we'll have episode 11. Um, super great conversation. I had the privilege to speak to caustic phoenix aka becca godsey great conversation uh went in some interesting ways uh and i had the awesome awesome time of being able to have another guest on the podcast and uh, i'll let you guys figure it out who it is uh as you listen to it so let me go straight from caustic phoenix's twitch page i have welcome young Phoenix Links. I hope I said that right. Uh, here you will break on a journey to a strange and quirky stream. Embrace the nerdiness, the goofiness, the and the oddness. Speak with respect to others and you will be welcomed. And then let's go on her Twitter. It's on her Twitter. Uh, Caustic Phoenix on Twitch. She is part of hashtag game her ambassador. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome conversation. Really enjoyed it. She had some great things to contribute. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation, and I'll see you after. I always feel like I'm one button push away from it just completely, like, melting down. <laughs> It'll be all right. We all yeah. have meltdowns sometimes. Yeah, my wife makes fun of me. <laughs> and I talk uh, about it all the time. I actually talk about her a lot on these episodes, because mm-hmm. we, sh- we share one big office. Oh, okay. But she does like real work. She works for the government <laughs> for the Veterans Benefits Administration. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. She's she's amazing. And um I have like uh computers and consoles and monitors and lights and I'm slowly <laughs> encroaching on her space more and more. It's hard not to. This stuff takes up a lot of space and every plug in. If you have any plug in in your office, it's yours. Oh, I have two like super large uh multi-taps like oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. there's a fire hazard waiting to, to start though. in yeah. my apartment <laughs> you don't have an option did you you guys just moved right yes it was a pain i do not recommend it <laughs> yeah i'm tired of moving. i've moved like five times in the last oh like six years yeah no hard pass yeah yeah we just we actually we just renewed our lease at this apartment uh be- i think mainly because i didn't want to move again yeah, that's just making it happen. Like, listen, we've already renewed it. It's not possible anymore. <laughs> just ending that discussion early on. Uh, can I say I uh, I love the dog tricks? Your dogs are very well behaved. <laughs> the the other night that I was on stream. Thanks. They're well behaved inside. Outside is a whole nother world with too many distractions. Yeah, my dogs put on a good show. People are like, "Oh, your dogs are so well behaved." I'm like, mm-hmm. right now, yes, yes, for the moment. We're actually they're at, tricking um, you. If you leave your plate unattended, you're going <laughs> to lose it. <laughs> uh, at three o'clock, we're going on a hike in Virginia oh, with uh, some friends with the dogs. Oh, that'll trying, be nice. 
tire him out real well. Yeah, my uh, my friend's girlfriend is a dog trainer. Oh. So now she's like, yeah, let's do something with the dogs. I'm like, yes, please make them good. Yes, <laughs> let's go. They are now your responsibility. I appreciate you being here. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect kind of friend to have around. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, she she taught us some um, leash stuff. I have Jack Russell plot hounds. Oh. Do you know so what a plot hound of, is? I don't know a plot hound, but Jack Russells have a lot of energy. Yeah, so plot hounds are hunting dogs from Germany. Oh, oh, that's a yeah. big distraction to be outside then. Yeah, yeah, so they just, anytime there's like a, a squirrel or a rabbit, they're just like, gotta kill! <laughs> the killer mode is engaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, she her, she has really helped us with um, like collar control and making sure like we are the one walking the dog and not being the ones walked. That's so hard to do though. I know, I You're know. You're fighting every instinct in the dog right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, after the first, like, we spent, like, three hours in a park with her and her dog. Uh, the next walk was, like, night and day. Oh, I bet that helped out a lot. It was amazing. I was like, Alex, I love you. Was it Even helpful like, to have her dog there, too, like, as a demonstration? And your dog's like, oh, that's what that looks like. No, I don't think so. My dog's just, like, they pay attention to each other. We take mm-hmm. them to the dog park all the time. Mm-hmm. And other dogs will try and play with them. And they're like, uh, mm, nah. I'm good. You're not one of us. <laughs> I got my sister. We're good. <laughs> That's cute. They're their own little pack, though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been we we've had them since they were ten weeks old, and they're they're very good. They're great dogs. I'm very fortunate. We've put in a lot of time and effort, but there's still a little bit, a little more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that next level, and even after that, training is a good bonding experience with your dogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife loves the dogs more than me. <laughs> if it was like if I was on a cliff, like if she was holding me in one hand and then the dogs in the other, uh, she's letting me go. So yeah. yeah, you'll be Bye. fine. You'll land somewhere down there and you'll survive. Yeah. You'll figure yeah, I've it got out. Life insurance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, I mentioned. I don't really plan for the like. I don't put any segments together. Or mm-hmm. I just kind of want to talk to you. Yeah. And then I record it and then I publish it on the internet. Cool. Easy, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, how I how I usually run it is at the end of the show before, or at the end of the last show, I usually ask someone, you know, hey, uh, do you think anyone else would be a good fit for your program for the for this? And uh, Big Daddy Teach recommended I I look you up. That man is awesome. He He's one is. of the coolest people out there. He is. Uh, I still I'm gonna collect. He he told me and I recorded it. He would carry me through some flawless rates. <laughs> and I have such a love-hate relationship with Destiny. Right. And fair. I can never, I'm always a season behind. So I commend you guys because <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you just are like constantly on the cutting edge of content with Destiny. Oh, it's because chat forces me. Oh, you haven't done this yet. You have to do this. Oh, okay, fine, I guess. <laughs> How if did, it were up to me, I'd be happy doing like PVE every day, just going in and chilling and doing some low key bounties. I went in. I, you were doing. Was it the last Saturday Destiny? You guys were doing a raid, and I oh, walked yes. in your channel, and you like you didn't blink for most of it. You're just like, sorry, chat, doing stuff. It oh. was. Oh yeah, that was Thursday. Teach had invited me, and I always get so nervous about those because. Just being invited, I'm like, these people raid all the time. I have not raided 
since the very beginning of Shadow Keep. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pull everybody behind. <laughs> I was on edge thinking I'm going to disappoint everyone and they're never going to invite me back. <laughs> you, you looked stressed. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. That was one of the my favorite streams I've had in a long time. It was it was a good group of individuals, just fun, low pressure, and they had what their objectives were, and it was okay that I was not going to be essential in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I will never be essential in any of that stuff. I've come to terms with who I am in Destiny. Yes, it's like, okay, here's what I can do, here's what I'm comfortable with. And if I am going to do those high level things, I need people who understand this. <laughs> Were you, were you always, like, have you been a Destiny streamer for forever? Is that just you? Oh, I believe, well, I actually started out with D&D. Well, small secret. Whoa. I did, I did even before Mixer, for a little while. Whoa. I, I did some, uh, what was it? Was it Dead by Daylight? Over on Twitch. Okay. And it did not go well. <laughs> and I hated it so much that I stopped streaming for a while. And oh, it gosh. was D&D that brought me back. Yeah. My first experience on Twitch many moons ago, five, six years ago, I did not enjoy it all. What? Uh, how do you stream D&D? So D&D, that's all done on Captain Robert's channel. And he brings in our feeds, our video feeds, mm -hmm. and has them all streamed through his streaming channel. And when okay. we were on Mixer, co-hosting was a lot easier yeah. and possible. So to get me started and to encourage me, because, in, and let's be honest, if I grow my audience, his audience grows too. Mm -hmm. um, they were, but they were also just an encouraging bunch, getting me up there, getting me into and helping me set up my process. So D&D &D was a great community. I have one friend that's big into D&D. &D. His name's Tony. And uh, <laughs> every, he would talk about it and be like, yeah, man, I've never done it, but I'd, I'd love to try and he'd be like, well, we've got this big campaign, but the next time we do a solo, like an offshoot, I'll invite you. And that was like months. And I'm like, oh yeah, so you know, you guys doing a solo? No, we're still in this campaign, man. Still in it. You but have to be prepared. Some campaigns last years. Oh, this one has been, because he hasn't invited me. <laughs> you, you need to find yourself in one. It's really cool. Gamers, the organization that I'm working with, to empower female gamers. They actually have LFGs open to anyone and they run one maybe like once a month for, for new individuals. It's really fun. If you're interested in joining with a bunch of strangers, which can be intimidating, I'll yeah. be honest. Uh, <laughs> I'd be open to it. I don't think I've ever met a stranger, so I could I could make it work. That's impressive. You're a brave individual. That takes so much energy. Uh, well, a lot of it is work. You know, I'm a recruiter for the uh, Army National Guard. Mm-hmm. So most of my day is just like interrupting people. Hi, you want to join the military? <laughs> and most of you are like, no, leave me alone. I hate you. This is your life. You're like, let's start conversations. <laughs> Pretty much. Sometimes I'm walking up to people in the middle of the street. Hey, you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, great. Or I get, no, thank you. Or I get, go away. Well, that last one's a little rough. <laughs> uh, I mean, you get a, a wide variety. But yeah. I've been doing this now like five years Oh, wow. So at first it was really, really rough. I was like sweating all the time. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I got to call this person. Uh, I'm sweating. The nerves. Yeah. And uh, now you just, you know, you get kind of numb to it. Mm -hmm. You've got a pattern. My yeah. cousin did it for a while at a university. Oh, ROTC? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that's similar. Uh, but uh, 
with our, you can be in both programs. So you can be in ROTC and in the National Guard. Okay. But it's worked out for me. So I stream for them. Um, we have a, a partner Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash Army National Guard. Um, and we, we have a couple of big partnerships with, uh, we're going to be doing something with Dr. Lupo. Um, I might be playing Escape from Tarkov, which I'm terrible at. So I'm excited. <laughs> Perfect. But, but also, like, I don't want to be a fool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I've played Are you a practicing good amount. behind the scenes now? Not, not, not as much as I should. I That game is all map knowledge and then, like, surprises. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> there's a, a female named Ammunition. She's a partner okay. streamer. Yeah, yeah. She's a siege player. I think we have a partnership with her. Um, there's some other stuff in the mix. We've done some with... Uh, what what is his name? Um, shoot, huge Call of Duty streamer, Nick Nick Merks. Oh, the I've biggest heard the name. bro yeah. on Twitch. Yeah, dang. <laughs> yeah, we've done some streams with him, um, <laughs> but I had no idea how to do any of this until I started doing it for work. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, like, "Hey, well, who likes video games?" I was like, "Me." They said, "Great, you can stream on the internet now." And I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't know how to do any of this." <laughs> You're going to. Congratulations. Yeah. So a lot of this podcast was just me. I was what I was doing was just asking other people that I knew who who was streaming already. Mm-hmm. I would just like call them like, hey, please help me or send DMs. Hey, I like your streams. Can you help me? <laughs> but that's how a lot of people do it. It's smart. Why try to figure things out on your own when you can ask and get a good direction? Yes. So both of you, you and your your significant other. Both stream, right? Yes, yeah. Mudcat also streams. How do you guys manage that? It's exhausting. We have to be very specific when planning time with each other. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is exhausting, but it also helps a lot because so much of our lives does revolve around streaming. It makes it easy to get into it and talk about it and have those conversations like, here's what I'm working with. Here's what's going on. And to have that understanding where each other's coming from is yeah. very helpful that's uh very similar you know my wife did eight years in the military mm-hmm. uh, and her, just her being able to understand you know, some of the sacrifices or that i have to go away for you know a month for school or i have to go away for the weekend for some overnight training thing mm-hmm. uh just having that shared experience makes things a lot easier yes yes and even the lingo you, we have our own language within streaming. I'm sure same in the military. It's nice not to have to translate it. Yeah. So do you guys, I'm assuming you have your own like offices on different sides of the house. Yes. With lots we, of soundproofing. We tried once being in the same room. That didn't last at all, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work. It did not work. And we even tried being, our rooms were kind of next to each other. But both of us are fairly loud, and so that wasn't effective either. So now we are on opposite sides. That's awesome. We had to have our space. Yeah, that's glorious. <laughs> it, it works. It There's still options that we have to figure out, like, how do we soundproof it? Like, eventually, we imagine people are going to be visiting us. And it's hard even when my parents came down to visit for a hot minute to help us unpack and everything. And we, as soon as we got our system setups, that was the first thing that we set up. Not our bed, it was our, <laughs> our setups. So we could get back to work. Yeah. We, we set that up first. And it was trying to figure out, because both of us stream late into the night, how do we stream without waking up other people? Yeah. 
And it's always weird. My parents just had to hear us at that point, and that was fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have I've to deal with it. That you know what I do. Never so aware of what I. No, well, that's the hard thing. Explaining this to my parents was probably the hardest thing. And at times, my I'm pretty sure my father just does not get it at all. <laughs> uh, believe me, yes, I have lived that. I've right. uh, I've rec- recorded episode number two of this was recorded in my parents' den. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I have to go for like two hours. I'll just nobody bother me. Yes, this is important. Trust me, people listen, and they're like, why? <laughs> They, because they don't consume information this way. It's just not on their radar to think, oh, this is something that people really enjoy because they don't enjoy it. Yeah. Mainly because uh, they don't know it exists as much. Like, I don't watch, really, outside of watching TV with my wife, I don't watch any TV. Mm-hmm. Like, I never just turn on, like, I'm going to watch this TV show. Right. Um, it's all pretty much Twitch in the mm-hmm. internet or YouTube. Yeah. And trying to explain that to, you know, my parents are in their 60s and 50s. Who love cable. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even have cable. Yeah. There's no point anymore. No. No. Uh, a home phone? Mm-mm. No. No. My, <laughs> no. Yeah. My, my coworker. World. I just found out my coworker has a home phone and she's like in her 30s. I said, what are you doing with a home phone? She's like, I don't know. That's how you get spam calls. It's like an invitation just for the most useless calls in the world. I, I will say, um, you saw you have your pinned video on, uh, Twitter. Is that mm-hmm. is that your current setup? No, that was actually two setups ago. Oh, two setups. Yeah. Two how, setups how many revisions ago. have you gone through? This is oh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> but it's always that new adjustment. So I, being the second streamer of the household, I get all the hand me downs. <laughs> I mean, you have some nice hand-me-downs. Yeah, no, I'm in I'm in a good spot. Don't get me wrong, but it it is the hand-me-down. So whenever Mudcat gets an upgrade, then I get to, and then I adjust all of my stuff. Oh, okay. Are you still using the Go XLR and the the 320? Yep, yep. It's a good place to be. Yeah, I mean, you're better than like most of the internet. <laughs> it was hard. I remember what was that thing. When I first started on Twitch, I used, it was that video camera that came with the Xbox. Oh, the Kinect. The Kinect. I used the Kinect. That was my first streaming setup in which I was sitting in one of those L rocker chairs on the floor of my living room. (laughs) Playing a freaking scary panic game and it was not my favorite thing. I I can't do scary games. Oh, I can't either. I haven't even finished Resident Evil 7. I... It was one of the Resident Evils. I think it was seven. I did not get past the intro. Chat had made it <laughs> to that level in which they convinced me I was going to play it. And I did not sleep for a week. Whoa. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Chat ended up having to put their sound settings almost on the lowest setting because I would scream. <laughs> I can't I can't fake a scream. Like yeah. my natural scream is at such a high pitch that I cannot, in typical circumstances, cannot reach that pitch. My, I consider my pitch fairly low, but when I scream, it is so freaking high. Like you would think a <laughs> bird is being strangled. <laughs> but chat loves it. There, I have a small taste of it recently when I played Grounded. 
which I did not realize how terrifying those spiders are at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are horrible. Yeah, they, they are nightmares. And There's the little a... larvae that come with them, it is a small invasion into your home. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I played a little bit of um, Hunt Showdown for a few. Oh, I haven't and, heard of that one. Uh, their main, like, it's an isometric, like, you're in a sandbox, and it's a PvPVE, and um, part of the game is you have to kill these monsters, and one, like, the main one is a really big creepy spider, and you just hear, like, they're like, ah! He's still left! And it's, like, real dark, and there's a lot of chests, yeah. Death comes on so many legs. Yeah, so sometimes there's multiple beasts, and you can pick which one, and I'm like, we're not doing the spider today. Yes. Yes. That's smart. Which I try. I never do the spider. Those things are just built for murdering. So, so how did you get involved with the the it's the gamers? Yes, yes, the gamers. I actually met them at PAX South last year. They had a small booth. They were just getting started. Like they didn't have a website at that point. Just a few social handles. They hadn't officially launched at that point. And honestly, maybe it's. Maybe because I just had time and I really enjoy wandering by myself at those events because they're very okay. overwhelming for me. <laughs> I've never been to one. It's exciting. It's very exciting. South was a good introduction to it. I don't think it's one of the larger ones. So it was nice to hop in, a good place to start networking on that little process. But I can get overwhelmed in crowds. So I was enjoying just navigating on my own and they were sitting there and they had this cute little sofa up and I was asking like, well, what is this and what is this about? And we were getting to talk about how women in these communities and not just female, but also femme identifying LGBTQIA plus individuals and having this space where we feel connected, supported and having our allies have a space in which we can connect and support each other as well. And that was something that really resonated with me especially considering my first Twitch experience in which I then backed away. Yeah. And for a lot of us also engaging in that kind of community, it can feel very isolating. It can be hard to find groups that we want to play games with in which we feel validated or we don't feel like we have to be judged or tested on. There was some Reddit question that recently came out. It was on Twitter as well. Like, well, I had to test her to make sure that she was one of us. Like you don't often hear a lot of people going through that. Yeah. Like, are you really a gamer? Are you really a nerd? Do you I, really like this? I hate most men on the internet. Right. It's terrible gatekeeping. And don't get me wrong. Anybody can do that to any gate, like any community. It doesn't mean it's just, you know, women are this isolated group, but it certainly does tend to invite those conversations more, unfortunately. And so we were getting to talk about it. And I mentioned I was a streamer and they were looking for a variety of individuals, not just streamers, but Anyone within the game industry, anybody who's um, enjoying it and has an audience that engages them and can be a pillar of their ideals, they were trying to gather those individuals. And certainly since we had resonated so much, it was an opportunity for me to jump in. And a while down the road, I I hadn't heard much from them in between because they were working on building. And then out of the blue, they reached out and like, hey, would you like to be an ambassador? I said, yes, please. That's awesome. I would love to. That is awesome. And so it's been a great opportunity to watch them build. And we've got a lot of upcoming things for them and for the community. They do game nights. They have a ton of things in the Discord. It's a great space. I love it so much. That's really cool. I'll uh, I'll definitely have to check them out. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my wife is a huge women's rights activist. Oh, she'd um, love it. <laughs> she, uh, she actually 
was part of legislation in Ohio to make a Women's Veterans Day as a as a, an actual holiday in Ohio. So oh, right now amazing. there's I think 12 states that have it as a holiday. That's not enough. I know, I know. Um, but she's just uh, very involved, very, very. She's I can't talk enough about all of the things that she does, um, especially <laughs> especially for women's rights and then female veterans, because mm-hmm. uh, similar to gamers, the military is a very uh, male. There's mainly men in mm-hmm. the in this. And the program. narratives are mainly about men. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she's she. I could probably get her to come over here and talk more about that. That <laughs> would be I amazing. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, <laughs> can you come she here sounds and explain so cool. better, better or better explain what you do with women's rights or your female advocacy? Um, video? Uh, no, it's not video. Okay. <laughs> here, I'm going to, uh, actually you have to wear the headphones. So this is, uh, first ever female, or, my wife, Ashley, <laughs> on the recording of the podcast. <laughs> this is the official moment, but Can it's such an that? important topic. It's great. It's great. You have to talk about this microphone. Hello. Hi. She's, she's part of. Hi. Hello. Hello, Ashley. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm very excited to be first over on my husband's podcast. He's always just kind of working away in the office. I'm sure he's giving you the taking over encroaching on my space where's my other headphones i'm so sorry (laughs) Ah, it is what it is so 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 what what was your question yeah no he was mentioning a lot of the work that you'd been doing for women's rights especially um women veterans and getting recognition telling those stories i'd love to hear more that sounds fascinating i'm part of a group on the video game side and games in general called gamers and we're trying to do a better job of represent and support and share those voices as well. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I, every time I, I see Robert playing video games, I'm just like, I don't know if that's a good representation of women. And I'm just yes. like, hmm. You know, especially being a especially being a service woman myself, there's always kind of this caricature of, you know, just, I mean, if I were in combat, I'm not going to be wearing a tube top. You know what I mean? Yes. There's no support. What's there's gonna no support. <laughs> Nothing. No. Like, where's the sports bra at? Come on. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so a little bit about what I do. Uh, so I don't know if Robert told you, I was in the National Guard for eight years. I was military police. And um, through my own experiences and both advocating for younger soldiers uh, and myself for various different situations when it came to injury, uh, military sexual trauma, uh, you name it, I had kind of, you know, drawn an ear to it and raised my voice. And, you know, of course, that's always not, in, it's not always well, well received, I suppose, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yes, it's critical, but it's important to have. Exactly. And um, through my own story, I found strength and resilience. And through that, I've been sharing my own experiences through both like military sexual trauma to advocating for um, women's equality across the board. So like healthcare, for example. So I work for the the VA and I work in communications. And a lot of that is kind of peeling back some of the layers to better address this, eg- uh, this audience segment, right? right. So uh, a lot of what I do between my own personal business, my uh, government job, and um, as a, a veteran, I'm constantly trying to consolidate and share these different voices of these hubs of, of women's stories 
uh, and partly with uh, the Women Veterans Memorial, which happens to be in Arlington, a lot of people don't realize that women veterans have their own national and the only national memorial right at the gates of Arlington Cemetery. And people, wow. millions of people walk by it like throughout the entire year. So it really speaks volumes to how women are kind of overlooked, um, mm-hmm. especially with Robert still serving, you know, now that I'm, I'm both a, a military spouse and a veteran, uh, folks tend to just kind of put me in that mill spouse category. And I have to typically take that time to educate and let them know, hey, this is what I, this is what I do. And this is, you know, this is why I served. This mm-hmm. is my story. This is what I do now to advocate from my business aspect where I build communities. I build veteran programs and I build people to working on the comp sign and managing social media for the Veterans Benefit Administration and incorporating more inclusion and diversity of women. Uh, but I typically am that one, that person in the conference who's just like, eh, I don't know if we should do that or right. have we thought can, about this? Can anybody hear me? Yeah. Am I um, coming through now? And, and you should be that person. That's the hard part. But it you have what sounds like the longest amazing resume I've ever heard. Oh, it's very long. <laughs> but to hear that you almost have to validate your opinion because people default you into that spousal role is disappointing. It is. And Casa, can you hear me? Yeah. Again. Okay. okay. Was... Look, at, look at this guy. He's just like, just at the whim, just super quick. Got headphones, <laughs> I, an extra mic. He's ready. My, my He's all in it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's an ongoing fight. I've been, gosh, I've been advocating for, for women veterans for quite some time now throughout my career. And now that I am an official veteran and a service connect disabled veteran at that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have I have a lot of peers, a lot of friends right. who have had yeah. both good and bad experiences, and we need to continue to show what women in the military are doing from a leadership front. So, so I've dedicated. Oh, go ahead, Robert. Well, I was going to ask. Uh, do, does that sound similar to uh, the experiences as a female playing video games or broadcasting video games? So we aren't as cool as our military personnel. (laughs) But I I do agree that on a larger level, like when we think about the structures in which we operate within these worlds, a lot of them have been developed around our male peers, just because they've been the main operators in them. And so when they think about who is this for, whose stories are we telling, how do we validate them? How do we provide for their particular needs? They've been giving it to what has been their main general audience. And that has been a way to shut out our new and growing audiences such as women, you know, and to be able to invite them to tell their stories, to be seen, not just within that community, but then to tell others that they're a part of that community and to see them and validate their experiences as well. And I think that's where we start to see that crossover. And it's amazing to see, especially right now, it is such a time where people are so open to these narratives and are ready for that change oh absolutely you know i just shared a story about a month ago about uh, a woman who lives over in virginia she's a west point uh, grad and so is her i think her twin brother and she has three of her daughters who are also either in west point or have graduated west point west point and i was like this is amazing and it was just this small little thing i saw on facebook and i I read into i did some research and then i posted Mm -hmm. on linkedin I'm like 3,000 views shy of half a million views what? just on that one post. 
That's amazing. But it's an impressive story that needs to get out there. Absolutely. And in in these turbulent times where everyone, like you said, like everyone's considering these, the broadening the paradigm, broadening the narrative and bringing Mm -hmm. folks into conversations into this, into the storyline that they maybe would have not otherwise. I always tell folks the, the or excuse me, the statistic for male veterans is one out of seven veterans are typically male. So like one, one in every seven is probably a veteran if you happen to be a guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one in 69 is the stat for women for veterans. So mm-hmm. you're more likely to have heard and associate uh, being a veteran with being a male for obvious reasons, just given some historical context than you are to women. Right. And majority don't realize that women veterans have been 100% all volunteer since our country was stood up. Can, wow. Can I say, A, I'm glad that we had this conversation. And this is way deeper than I expected to go <laughs> with all this. <laughs> if this makes sense. But it's, it's important and I appreciate what you do and uh, the message you're trying to put out there. Mm-hmm. As we normalize it, it then makes it more inviting for new generations coming up to say, no, this is normal. This is something I can do. I can go into the military and have the career and experience that I want. I can play whatever video game that I want because everything is built for everyone. Now, uh, Ashley, you have to promise that you're going to play video games with me because she she refuses. Oh, you should try. I am super old school. I grew up with you know, PlayStation 1, like uh, the original, okay? And yes. I remember playing like Frogger and oh. some of the early Pac-Man, Crash Bandicoot, Sonic. Like I am an, a nostalgic old school lover. But That's amazing. I, a lot of it, I think, Ashley, and I don't want to speak for you, uh, you do get frustrated with both thumb, thumbsticks I do. for controllers. I, I really do. And <laughs> especially with some of the... The like just multi-dimension where I have to like actively look, shoot, move, you know, like I can do that in real life, right? I'm yes. a soldier. I can do that in real life. But when I'm <laughs> trying to do it on the computer, I'm like, I just like my, my go-to move is I just spin in circles and just press whatever button is letting me shoot. <laughs> and I just become like this rotating, like <laughs> a little just, tornado just, like, of bullets. She actually, she joined me on our, on stream for the Army National Guard. We played borderlands three together oh and she made it about what 45 minutes you think before you're yeah. like i'm done yeah it was about 45 minutes or so you um, can just see it on her face <laughs> <laughs> i was like what is happening like this i'm chasing this little robot guy who's like telling me what to do and i'm like i'm gonna shoot this little guy like what's happening what am i doing why is this thing Talking coming at trap. me uh, but yeah, no, and I'm, I'm really supportive of, of Robert and all the, the, the things that he's enjoys, right? Like, you know, I'm more of the binge watcher. I'm like binge watching on Hulu right now, like, you know, animated comedies. And he's, you know, trying out new doing games. This. And he's just, you know, he's doing his thing. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's nice. All sorts of media consumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so. should try something else sometime, though. We, we will. I think we're going to have to switch to a... Mouse and keyboard. I think she maybe Ooh, will yeah. have a better time uh, just because you can point and shoot a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, Ashley, I appreciate your, you, you navigating me, navigating yeah, you for no whatever problem. you were doing. Go back to managing some finances and doing some business stuff. So this is, this is the first ever guest appearance. Boss lady. <laughs> yeah. of, uh, Dang. Ashley, my wife. Uh, 
Well, it is an absolute pleasure. And, you know, if you need anything, please, like, continue to reach out like, through Robert and I can, between resources, anything you need. Uh, we definitely want to, like, if you're on LinkedIn, that's, like, my go-to platform. We should follow each other and yeah. continue to advocate for women, whether it's in the game space, you know, the tech space, the, you know, all industries, glass ceiling breakers, trailer trailblazers, like, that's where it's at. Like, women need to support women. And I think, you know, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. So, <laughs> so I'm here for you if you need here. anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll find you on LinkedIn later. All right. Keep Thanks, an eye out for that I'll invite. Send it, I'll send it to you. Thanks. Hold on, let me get back to my seat. <laughs> Playing musical chairs over there now. Can you hear me? Absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know if that was a little weird, but. No, I loved it. I love these improv conversations. You never know when you're going to find a gem. So here we I, are. I didn't want to horribly like butcher up what she does. And then her <laughs> listen to the podcast, be like, you did, you said it all wrong. That's not nearly it. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, what you're doing is amazing, and uh, when I can connect people is uh, the best part. Oh, I loved it. Yes, she seems amazing. So, how did you get started in broadcasting? Did you did you wake up one day, or was your significant other already doing it? See, so yeah, boyfriend, my, husband, fiance, my husband, yeah, husband, my husband, okay. he, he was already streaming on that end, but as for broadcasting, being aware of all of this, I've always enjoyed public speaking since college, not in high school, high school. It was terrifying. I had a lot of anxiety, like stomach Wait. sickness, inducing fear of public speaking. Can, can I just ask about that? How do you, that's a big change. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, I joined the speech team in high school mainly because one of my best friend's older brother was in it and he was incredibly hot. Um, <laughs> I never got up the courage to even say a single word to him. But That's how I ended up in the choir in yeah. high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how those things just draw you in. Yeah. Um, but I had started out more on the acting side than on the public speaking. There's something about when you put your own words out there, it's a very terrifying experience because you're inviting that criticism. And I wasn't really strong enough to do that, but I had an amazing mentor and was teaching me the importance of having a voice and how that can be such an equalizer in a space. And that's our opportunity to advocate not only for ourselves, but for others, which is really lofty ideal for a high schooler to latch on to. Yeah, so it's deep. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was deep and it was hard for me to really buy into at that time. But seeing how somebody had invested in me at that time, it was really important for me to keep going at it. And it was a community that I enjoyed that I continued with it at the collegiate level. When I was searching for colleges, I was only searching for speech teams. Really? Wow. Yes. It it was a space in which I had loved. I was a real introvert. Re High you don't not seem like an introvert space. No, I, it, it Are is you still like that outside of stream. It can be. I'm not a shy person, but having interactions with other people can be exhausting for me. That's like when I go to conventions, like at PAX, very overwhelming. That's where I like to have my space where I'm just quietly wandering yeah. through the aisles by myself. <laughs> like I'll have a hat very low down on my face. Like this is my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recharging like a battery. <laughs> yes. But I, I entered it into the collegiate level and I... <laughs> I didn't realize it was a good thing, but at the time I thought it was a terrible thing. 
I didn't realize when I joined the team that when you do it, they make you do everything. Like you can't just choose to do acting. You have to do both the public speaking and they make you oh. do debate as well. Oh. They they wanted you to be a well-rounded speaker. They said to be the best kind of speaker, you need to do everything. That way you are best equipped to engage your audience. Those are great life lessons. Yes. It was really irritating at the time, though. <laughs> I remember just my, I had a, we had a even number team and at the time, and I didn't want to debate. So that meant one person on our team didn't get to have a debate opportunity. And he was, he was actually uh, military as well. He's an amazing individual and he, he was a butthead and he signed me up without me realizing it. And on our way to a tournament, he goes, oh, we're debate partners, by the way. And I, so I went to a Christian university, but I had some very foul words to say. Classic. <laughs> Classic. I was upset, but it introduced me and it was one of those things where they nailed into it. Take your weaknesses and you make them your strengths. You work at it until it is something that you are amazing at. And that's how you're going to become a better person. I mean, it's obviously worked very well for you. It took so much practice. (laughs) So much practice. (laughs) There's a lot of speaking to walls. That's how we would practice. You would just find a wall and you would practice and you would talk to the wall over and over again, just doing your same speeches over and over, like practicing. How do I say this differently? If I change my inflection a little bit, how does that change? If I do a different gesture? If anybody is a speech and debate nerd, they understand the phrase, we talk to walls. So there is, I don't know if this is true because I've never been to drill sergeant school, uh, but they make them yell at a tree from what I've been told. <laughs> I don't know if this is real. It could be just a rumor. I don't want to put amazing. that out there. But that, may, that gives me that vibe. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. That resonates with me. I get those people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. It's uh, good practice. So how do you go from... Uh, an active debater to Mm -hmm. a Twitch streamer. Sure. So I had started teaching at the university level after I'd finished my master's and I was leading a number of programs along that time. One of them was actually an infused media group. And so that their focus was on doing podcasts, managing social media, being a voice on there. And so that was my first kind of hands-on experience, especially leading a team with podcasting and getting used to microphones, sound Mm -hmm. adjustment, putting out content. And that really introduced me to that content development process. Like, how are we scheduling this out? How are we putting this out? How are we packaging it for our audience and engaging them that way? And I really enjoyed that process, but I wanted something much more interactive. And seeing my husband at that time starting to do it on the streaming level was really cool. So I did the little opportunity on Twitch, discovered, mm, no, 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 not good. I, there was something about it in the years ago, being on Twitch, being a small streamer, being a small female streamer, that felt like an invitation for a massive amount of trolls. Mm. And without having the audience that was more supportive yeah. on that end, it was a very terrifying experience. It's so unfortunate. Yes. I really feel uncomfortable that just hearing your experiences <laughs> thank you that's great to hear i no, I, I really do appreciate it because so many people are like oh i get it but that's that but to hear that there's an emotional discomfort with that that's what we're trying to get at right when everybody hears that and goes no that's not right yeah uh that fucking sucks yes it, it does it does and i know a while ago we had a bit of an upturn 
in which a lot of stories came out mm-hmm. with female female and, and femme identifying gamers of their use in the community, especially with a number of female streamers. It was very important and shocking. And it just made me think of my experience back then. Luckily, I got back into it and a number of these individuals kept on streaming. But to think about how many how many individuals had that experience and then never came back. So, yeah, what made you come back? Because if that would have been my first experience, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go pick up chess or something. Right, right. Like, I'm going to find any other hobby. But it was, this was more of the time where Mixer started growing up and being a little bit bigger. It's obviously, it was a much smaller, was we have to do yeah, in the past mm-hmm. tense now. Um, <laughs> but it was a smaller community than Twitch. And it was easier to find your particular community. And being on Mixer and starting to grow out on there, I was able to find my niche community of individuals who were amazing and engaging and wanted my content and would help me kind of grow in my confidence in what I was doing. If you were to watch my first stream on Mixer, it would be wildly different than what you see today and the type of person that I was. Really? It was hard. Well, you're in a space where you feel very new and who really knows what you're doing with streaming for the first time. You know, yeah, it's, I know. there's, there's like, I think this is the right thing, or I, I hope I'm coming in clear, or I don't know why my frames are dropping and you're playing a game at the same time and managing all of this. And so there's learning new things. Like I used to be a lot more strict with my rules because it was hard for me to figure out like, how do I have these discussions when I do have trolls to come in? How do I respond in a way that supports what I believe in and includes my audience in a way that they also can follow through with it, but doesn't take over the stream. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of learning and adjusting as we go along. Like, is it an immediate ban? Do we do timeouts? Like, how do I respond to these to be able to create the community that I want? And that's ultimately where I started to find more of my space when I stopped thinking of it as streaming and me just going on live. And it was more about me building a community what do I want out of this? Like, is it just that I want to have an audience that I just want to make this into a job? And that wasn't it like that. That wasn't the joy that I got out of streaming the and and even besides joy, because let's be honest, sometimes our happiness with things like this just waver. Yeah. (laughs) But it, it was where do I find this fulfilling? Because this obviously right now is definitely a hobby for me. And if I don't find some value out of it, what am I doing this for? And the value mm-hmm. was was finding a community in which we don't gatekeep individuals. Yeah. And that's why we have our anime discussions. And even if you don't watch anime, talk about any animated show or movie. Like we're we're trying to find spaces that invites people into these conversations. I play games that I've never played before and I invite audiences to come in and talk and share and express themselves because I want to show that I don't know everything, but I can be in this space, that I can participate and it's welcoming. And that's the space that I want to build. That becomes more important to me. And so streaming on that, once I figured out my heading of who I wanted to be, then everything else became like, okay, here's how I make these decisions. Here's what is important. So maybe my mic isn't perfect. All right, then I'm going to figure it out. And you might see that on stream as I'm adjusting it and figuring out because I don't want it to be for others that, oh, I have to have all the answers before I hop into this space. That's not the thing. You shouldn't do that. Great people shouldn't feel hindrances over these small little hurdles. Instead, I'm going to show you, here's how I fall over these hurdles. And maybe when you do it, you don't fall over as much. So why is that important to you? The inclusion and uh, just having like a safe space for everybody. It becomes a better space when we invite more individuals in there. It becomes more interesting. 
this may come from my teaching background. So I, no, I taught at the university level for five years. What did you teach? You said it was <laughs> communication. <Okay. laughs> that which I hated the most, I made my life. Uh, <laughs> That's ironic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I've become. Uh, but it's because of how I've seen public speaking change my life. And when I think of any great movement, there's always some speech. There's yeah. some communication that has been the spark, that has been the agency behind it. And so I wanted to be able to provide a space. And when I think about my classrooms and when I'm teaching public speaking or small group or leadership or whatever it is, it was always thinking about this process within an ethical frame point. How do we take this and we use this to empower the groups and worlds that we're in? And when I think about that in my classroom, I, I'd like to think I'm a humble teacher. <laughs> yeah. But when you have your students get more involved and become teachers in their own right within that space, and I see myself not so much as like, I'm giving you the information, you have to memorize it and swallow yeah. it. It's me as your guide in your learning journey to help you think about different things and pose different things as you begin to apply it. And I want to pose different scenarios as you learn this information to think about how it changes and how you can change that process. And so I invite others and when I saw that, when I saw more students bringing in their diverse experiences, the learning environment became so much richer. And if you apply that to any other scenario, that's an opportunity for a space to become richer, to become yeah. more vibrant. Like even just in, in video game story development, like as you have more people telling stories, you get by far more interesting stories. Like I'm tired of just having this white male hero come in and save everyone. Like I've <laughs> seen that a million times. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> give us something new. And that's when we get to engage in new stories. We get I, to engage with new ideas and we get new experiences. Yes. That, uh, I mean, barriers allowed, like not every voice is as important in some yeah. senses. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had to deal with, um, I don't know if you've seen the controversy with military uh, active army um banning people on their twitch page yeah and uh they've there's been some lawyers that have uh shown that as a organ a, a government organization that that is um what's the right word that it is a uh, denying people's freedom of speech mm. by doing that that because uh we are not just you know i'm not just maldo rob the twitch streamer Right. At that time on that channel, I am representing the Army National Guard or the Army as a whole. Uh, and it was a big ordeal about um There was someone specifically who writes for the National over here in Washington, D.C., who mm. just kept like videotaping and just typing in, you know, tell me your favorite war crimes. Tell me your favorite war crimes. Uh, and there's a fine line where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna, they're just trying to get at you for, yeah. to clip it. And um, fortunately, on the National Guard side, it was not as prevalent as mm -hmm. active armies and the navies and things like that. Uh, but there was the active army has stopped streaming for a few on their 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 choice. It wasn't mm -hmm. they weren't made um, to allow some of this to kind of calm down. Right. But well, uh, that's hard, obviously, first that you're a government agency. Yeah. That often often invites more uh, review, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it's complicated. I don't want to be too much of a downer with that. No, I, I think it's fair. I love broadcasting. I am uh, finally comfortable where I have a a high, or at least a stream that runs well and looks well. 
my next step is now I want to make some sort of community of gamers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to start like putting myself out there until I, I felt confident and comfortable with me being able to put on a show and, and it run well. Right. Uh, and now I'm at that point, but I'm like, all right, guys, I don't know what to do. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Like, right. I still haven't answered the question of like, why does someone watch me? Mm-hmm. Where I feel like you are very established in that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but no, everything's evolving. Yeah. Like, as I get to know more of my audience members and I see who's starting to participate, they influence me. I, I hope my community knows that, that I care about them and that the more I get to know them, if they engage on a sincere level, like that, when you were talking earlier about some of those individuals who come at you and just get those small snippets or just looking yeah. for those, that's not a sincere conversation. Yeah. But those who come in with a sincere engagement, how how do I continue to build a space for them? And when I think about their needs, not just what I want, it helps me because I'm doing this for others. Yeah. For And for myself. Like I, I value this environment because as I build a welcoming environment, it's also welcoming to me and yeah. being who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's the transition been for you from a, uh, from mixer to Twitch? Actually amazing. Really? I was really scared about Twitch, uh, from my previous experience yeah, and going yeah, back into this giant ocean again. Yeah. And it, it helped a lot that I hopped over with obviously a lot of other mixer streamers yeah. and to have that community. It was great. I, when everything was happening, I reached out to a few of my, my close knit streamer community members. And I said, what are you guys doing? What are we thinking? What are some issues that we're concerned with? And it was really nice to have those that we can talk back and forth with. And to be honest, it's also nice that my husband streams, he has different circles. And so both of us were able to draw from different places was he a, of information. A streamer? He was, he was a mixer partner. Both of us were mixer partners and okay. he's also a Sea of Thieves partner as well. Oh, wow. So he's, he's been doing this for way longer though. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old man in streaming. Uh, <laughs> But but it was really nice when we hopped over. We had communities and we were able to support each other. But those already on Twitch were also amazing. So I hopped over and I just started in with Destiny. It was a game I felt very comfortable with. And some of the more established Destiny Twitch streamers were incredibly kind. They came over, they introduced themselves. Hey, if you need any help or they would raid. And it was it was really amazing because they didn't know me. They didn't know what I was about. They just knew I was hopping over from Mixer and they would come over and they would offer that. And that was incredibly kind. It was incredibly kind and generous of them. It was yep. surprising. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, uh, the uh, emotions and the changes for all that to happen. Mm-hmm. And then at least the the Mixer streamers that I know, like TIE Fighter, Big Daddy Teach, all you guys seem to be doing really well on Twitch, which is amazing to see. It's been fun. It, it all happened at a bad time. Well, it was a rough time. So the week before, I, I had put in my, my two weeks and I was leaving my job because I had accepted another one. And then there was all of the upheaval with the stories coming forward. Mm-hmm. And then Mixer announced yeah. <laughs> that they were going. I'm like, Tweeted oh, okay. <laughs> Everything in which I was focusing on is all different right now. Yeah. And it was it was hard to balance being a part of those stories and telling those particular narratives. And it was really funny because Tuesday then 
I had just gotten my box from Mixer congratulating me for being a, a Mixer partner. Whoa. Oh, so this is recent. Yeah, like the next day. Well, no, I, I'd gotten my partnership a couple months before. Yeah. But they were slow in sending stuff out. <laughs> yeah. And so like the next day after they announced, we're going away in a tweet, which is the worst way to break up with someone. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I get my Mixer box. Like I, I walk outside because we're... I was going to go check the mail and I noticed the box on my front porch. And I'm like, is that because it's a giant mixer box that has mixer written all over. Like, Are you kidding oh, me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I just walk over like and inside I open up like, congratulations on being a mixer partner. I'm like, great. That's so sad. <laughs> it was it was sad. But at the same time, I guess it was a nice final goodbye. <laughs> yeah. At well, least I got well. it. It's not you. It's me. Yes. Yes. They gave me a breakup gift, which none of my exes ever gave me, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's, <laughs> it, that. that's one way to look at it, yes. Right? Like, dang it, this is how we should always do breakups. At least I got a going away box. <laughs> that works. Yeah, well, well, look, this has been uh, an interesting conversation that went ways <laughs> that I had no idea it was going to go. But that's okay. I'm sorry. That, no, no, that Lots is what I enjoy about this. It is a conversation, and whatever way we go... Uh, I love it. So thank you. You're wonderful. I appreciate everything you're doing in the gaming space. The only scripted question I have is well, how long, what year was it when you started broadcasting? Let's say, let's say on Mixer. When on you started Mixer? on Mixer. Just a year ago. What? A little, little over a year ago. Oh my gosh. This question might not apply then because you're way too established <laughs> as a content creator. Um <laughs> All right, so let's go back. So when you first started broadcasting, if mm-hmm. you could go back in time and speak to yourself, what knowledge or wisdom, what would you tell to yourself? Trust your decisions and value your ideals and don't compromise for what other people think success looks like. Okay, wow. Deep. <laughs> I love it. This uh, is my my, my trend. <laughs> no, every every time I do this and every time I ask that question, literally those responses directly impact me. That's awesome. Yeah. So that That's is awesome. That is my selfish part of the <laughs> of the take show. Take it though. Be selfish. <laughs> People say selfishness is bad, but it's good to take care of yourself. Do that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I really really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It, it was wonderful being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, episode 10 in the books. Thank you, each and every person who made it to the end of the show. You guys are awesome. Uh, Don't know who the next person is going to be, so that's in the works. So hopefully, you know, I got some things going out there, and uh, I'll get some responses. But um, in two weeks, we should have another episode, episode 11. It's pretty exciting. So thank you, everybody. I'm Aldo underscore Rob. You can find me every Tuesday and Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv backslash Maldo underscore Rob. You can also find me every other Wednesday on twitch.tv backslash Army National Guard, where I stream for work. And I hope to see you then. It's been a pleasure to serve. <laughs>